Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. To picture with me for a moment, I know we meet in a beautiful clamshell, ascetic clamshell, um, but it hasn't always been that way. Um, if you've been with us for, uh, since the beginning, when we first started gathering as a church, which is only a few of you in the room, um, we used to gather in the pub down the road in, in the back auditorium, and if you haven't been there, I want you to picture it. Low ceilings, you can take in a deep breath, smell the beer and the vomit, the heat because the air conditioning didn't work. Uh, It's dark and dank. The kids went off to an old whiskey bar turned storeroom. It was just really, it was really wonderful. But almost five years ago, we opened up the book of Luke for the first time as a church. And we began to read through verse by verse. And we've been doing that for the last almost five years, um, going through every verse of Luke in amongst going to some other things. And I kind of love that. Like a, it's like a coming back to center, always coming back to Jesus, always soaking ourselves in the story of Jesus. And I remember the first week that we opened up the book of Luke, um, there was a girl in our church and she brought her boyfriend along for the first time who'd never been to church before. And um, I opened up the book of Luke and I was telling him, you know, telling the church a little bit about Luke and he was a doctor and he wrote a sequel to the book of Luke as well, which is the book of Acts. So we're really grateful to Luke because he's given us some key pieces of kind of church history that anchor us as a movement and a tradition. Anyway, I started reading, I started preaching, and he came up to me after the, after the gathering and said, um, thanks, mate, that was awesome. I didn't listen to anything you said because I just started reading this, this book. I've never read it before. He's like, this is amazing. Did you know how amazing this book is? I just kept reading that whole time. And... I love that. It is amazing. I do believe that the Word of God is alive and active. It has authority for us. It is actually solid ground for us to come back to. And when things begin to waver and shift, uh, particularly in our culture and stuff changes, we can always come back to the solid Word of God, which always points us back to the person of Jesus. And we don't follow a book. We follow a person, that's Jesus. But the book helps us, illuminates the person of Jesus to us. So with that in mind, I'd love for you to turn with me to Luke chapter 14. It's going to be on the screens as well. Starting in verse 1. One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely. There was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in religious law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then he turned to them and said, which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? Again, they could not answer. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We pray that through these couple of verses this morning that you would speak to us. We don't need more ideas. 
We don't need more content. We don't need to listen to another guy on a microphone. We actually just need your voice. And so, Father, I pray that you would use those things to speak to us what we need as families, as individuals, as a collective church. May we hear your voice in your name. Amen. All right, verse 1. Are you ready? We're just going to go through verse by verse. By verse. Uh, one Sabbath day. Now, the Sabbath is a biblical custom um, of taking 24 hours out of every week, one day of every seven days, to rest, to stop, to play, to enjoy life, and to pray, to worship. Um, this is an incredible, incredibly important theme through Scripture. Um, in the Jewish custom, it's Friday night to Saturday night, and in the Jewish thought, day starts at night time, day starts with rest. It comes from um, Genesis chapter 1, where there was evening and there was morning, and so they would pattern their lives after that, evening and then morning, and I kind of love that idea. So Friday night, you would often gather with your family, have a Sabbath meal, Shabbat meal, and then uh, you would go to the synagogue on Saturday, go to church amongst um, other followers of uh, the way of the Jewish custom, and you would rest. And this Sabbath day, it says, on one Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely. So he was invited for Shabbat dinner at a leader of the Pharisees' house. Now, the Pharisees were the, the social elite in many ways. They were kind of the, 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 the top of the kind of pyramid in the, in the Jewish system. So these were really, really important people. These are the people that you'd want to go to Sabbath dinner with, like right? These are the people that you'd want to hang out with. These are the people that have power and authority and money and that have uh, lots of social class. And so um, in Jewish culture as well, to eat a meal with someone, and we sort of have this to a certain extent, to eat, to go and have a meal with someone means you're aligning with them in, in a certain way. Um, but you sort of turn that up on steroids in the Jewish culture. It was a way of marking who's one of us and who's not one of us. And so to eat with someone was a really, really big deal. And so the idea that Jesus is eating with the social elites is actually a ma massive deal. Like, people were watching closely, it says, um, because who you eat with really matters. And it's the same people that he's eating with that used to hate Jesus for the people that he would eat with, because he would eat with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes, all the people that you weren't meant to eat with because you're aligning with their lifestyle. But Jesus will eat with anyone. That's kind of the story. Even if he disagrees with, he, with you, even if you disagree with him, there's always space at the table with Jesus. I love that about Jesus. It goes on, verse 2. There was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. So this is a medical condition um, called dropsy, which is from heart failure or kidney failure where you can't get rid of fluid. And so your arms, you, 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 you get fluid and you swell up. And um, in the, the, the day of Jesus, people would often use dropsy as a metaphor or like a, a burn to people who were greedy, money hungry. They get swollen, right? They just wanted more and more stuff. And so right here at this dinner, where Jesus really shouldn't be because he eats with the wrong people, he's, he's with the social elites, there's this random dude that ends up there who shouldn't be there as well because he's unclean, he's got dropsy, but he ends up there. And Jesus has in front of him a living parable. And he begins to um, speak to the Pharisees about this idea of 
dropsy. So right in front of him, there's a dude, he's got, he's got fluid, he's in need of healing. And Jesus uses this, and this is, if you're reading from a Jewish perspective, you would see this straight away. But the Pharisees had disorders as well. They were bloated as well. They were swollen as well. And there's a difference between growth and swelling. And often I think we get those two mixed up. We, we in, in our culture, we, we, we think you know, when things swell, when you get more people in your church or you get more money or you get more events on your calendar, then you're doing well. But there's a big difference between growth and swelling. Growth, in the biblical idea, is always linked to love. Maturity is always marked by how well you love others, love God and love neighbor. And so right here, we have this kind of living parable in front of the social elites while they're eating dinner, this man with dropsy, and this is what happens. Verse 3, Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in religious law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? Jesus was a rabbi. It's a very rabbinical thing to do that I'd often teach using questions. So this is not a, like an abnormal thing for Jesus to say. And through the Old Testament law, the scripture, um, Sabbath is commanded, but it's loose enough that they would have conversation about it. They would always be wrestling around the best way to practice Sabbath. There's 24 hours to stop and play and pray. How do we best follow this as a people? And um, in Jesus' day, they had put a lot of rules around what you could do and couldn't do, a lot of kind of guidelines to sort of keep the Sabbath holy. And um, Jesus is asking this question, you know, is it, is it permitted to heal someone on the Sabbath? The answer of the day was no, healing is work. This is what Jesus does and says. A, a lot of people use these stories. Jesus often gets in trouble on the Sabbath for healing people or for, you know, picking off grain on the side of the road to eat. He always gets himself in a bit of hot water around Sabbath. And a lot of Christians will take that and read that to say that Jesus doesn't care about the Sabbath, that the Sabbath is some sort of Old Testament thing that doesn't matter for our day. And we often think about Sabbath as like a Jewish thing, like a cultural thing, like eating kosher or getting circumcised. We're like, no, thank you. Uh, And we sort of put Sabbath in that in that um, container as well. But Sabbath is one of the commands we trace all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, the first pages, um, that on the seventh day of creation, God rested. The first day of humans' lives was a Sabbath. And we are to live from that place of rest one day in every seven. In fact, the first thing in the whole of the Bible that's called holy was not a person, it wasn't God, it was a day, it was Sabbath. Sabbath is the very first thing in the scriptures called holy. Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments, and most Christians would agree that we should follow the Ten Commandments. In fact, there's a guy from um, San Francisco, his name's Dave Lomas, he says, Sabbath is the only commandment we brag about breaking. I'm just so busy, right? I've just been so busy, I had so much on. Sabbath is the only command we brag about breaking. But the irony is, you know, for all the hot water that Jesus got himself into around Sabbath and doing the wrong things on the Sabbath, if you read the pages of Scripture, you start to see that between Jesus and the Pharisees, Jesus is the one that feels way more rested, way more at peace. In fact, the Pharisees, as you read, you can kind of sort of begin to feel this kind of anxiousness coming from them, this like boundary patrolling. It sounds exhausting just kind of keeping on top of all of that. 
And I think Jesus is not contesting the Sabbath here. He's not saying you shouldn't observe the Sabbath. He's contesting that the way the Sabbath was observed, what the Sabbath is for. See, the Pharisees were using it as a boundary marker, just like who they eat with, who's in and who's out, who's one of us, who, who meets all the right guidelines, rather than a trail marker towards the good life, towards the life that Jesus would have. And sometimes we can so heavily focus on doing the right thing, like the Pharisees, that we miss treating people well and right. So what does Jesus actually think of the Sabbath? Let's read on. Verse 4. When they refused to answer his question, so the question was, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Other translations say released him. Then he turned to them and said, which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? Again, they couldn't answer. For Jesus... The Sabbath is a day for healing, a day for release, a day for restoration, a day not to restrict but to release. For Jesus, all the commands are simply arrows towards the good life, not lines saying who's in and who's out. This is a marker towards the good life. And Jesus does this all the time. He takes Old Testament commands. He does this on the Sermon on the Mount particularly. You've heard that said, but I say to you. He takes the commands and he tries to get to the heart and the wisdom and the beauty underneath the command to show us what the good life looks like. Sabbath is a practice of us returning to Jesus to be healed and restored and released. I don't think it's something just for the Jews, like kosher or circumcision. I think it is an invitation built into the fabric of creation, one of the kind of key cornerstones of the Ten Commandments, and something Jesus did practice. On the Sabbath, we realize that I can stop working and the world will, stop, will keep spinning. That I'm not in control. I'm not as in control as I thought I was that I'm not actually the saviour, I'm not actually the healer, I'm not actually the king, and that's kind of a good thing, to stop and remind ourselves that Jesus continues to work so I get to rest, that we find ourselves in the hands of the king of the universe. I wonder for you this morning, 9.51, Sunday morning, I wonder what this little collection of verses is speaking to you. Maybe for you it's an invitation to, to Sabbath. You know, I think about a literal 24 hours in your week to think about carving out, to stopping, to playing, to praying. Maybe it's a challenge around, you know, how you've seen the commands of God as, as boundary markers rather than trail markers. Maybe, maybe you yourself are feeling a bit swollen a bit unwell. And today is an invitation back to the touch of Jesus, the healing release of Jesus. Or maybe it's a reminder that you have a place at the table with Jesus, even if you've disagreed with him, even if he's disagreed with you, that you always have a place. I'd love just to take a few moments of silence as we wrap up just to ask Jesus what he might be saying to you.
what his invitation to you through these couple of short verses is this morning. So if you wouldn't mind, you might want to place your feet firmly on the ground. You might want to close your eyes just to eliminate distraction. If you feel comfortable, you can open your palms up in front of you as a sign of openness. Take some breaths, bring yourself back to the moment, and just ask Jesus, Jesus, what are you saying? There might be a certain point or image that comes to your mind, an action to do, something to put in your calendar. Jesus, we ask that you would speak right now.